Welcome to the Empathic Mastery Show. I'm your host, Jennifer Moore, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a place where we talk about what it means to be highly sensitive and empathic, how this impacts all aspects of our lives, and we explore tools, resources, and solutions so we can shift from absorbing all the thoughts, feelings, and energy of the world around us to being beacons for calm, love, and healing. Hey there, so good to be here with you today, and I'm really excited to bring my dear friend, Terrian Hyman back. If you were listening to last season, you've heard Terry before. She and I have had a lot of fun talking about a lot of stuff. Terry is an author. She is a spiritual mentor, and she is an intuitive guide. And Terry is also the longtime host of the Empowered Spirit podcast. And recently, Terry just came out with her own tarot deck called the Empowered Spirit Tarot. And you guys, Terry sent me an advanced copy. And let me tell you, this thing is the bomb. This tarot deck is sweet. It is lovely. It is succinct and to the point. And when I wanted some clarity and guidance and I pulled a couple cards and opened up the guidebook, it was spot on. So, Terry, I am so glad you're here. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me and for that great review. I have to say I'm very excited about the deck. I've enjoyed working with it, creating it and now reading with it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. And there's nothing quite like reading with your own deck. It really, it's really amazing. Well, if I can tell you the truth, every once in a while, I have to go back to the guidebook myself. You know, sometimes when you read for yourself, it happens. Like, what am I really saying here? But I did find myself just recently, especially when you get a lot of those reverse cards, like, okay, what am I really, what's really going on? But yeah, I love reading them. I'm on a 21 day spirit cleanse. Reiki came out of a Reiki two class teaching it. And so I do a little, you know, spiritual cleanse. And so every day pulling the cards, interesting what keeps showing up. So yeah, it's a great way to journal and really look at, you know, your own spiritual growth and whatever is going on. We all got stuff going on right now. Tell you that. Oh yeah, we <laughs> all got stuff going on. And I mean, as of the recording right now, we're just on the other side of a full moon and I've been hearing it's been a doozy. A lot of people are being affected very strongly. So before we go into talking about tarot and divination as the tool for really getting connected to our truth, as opposed to kind of all those weird esoteric woo things, I'm just a little curious about what's involved in a 21 day spiritual cleanse. Like what, what are you doing? Yeah. So when we teach Reiki, especially as you start getting into the upper levels, you know, we really acknowledge that 21 day of the energy integrating, which also is the same opportunity to really practice what you've learned that weekend. All too often go to workshops, we learn it, go back to our busy life and we forget, well, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But when you have that commitment for the 21 day cleanse, it really helps you to learn what you've used. Now, Jennifer, you know, Reiki too is the symbols mm-hmm. and the drawing and the manifesting and living in life and applying it to so many things. Everything's energy, right? Yes. So I also take the same time, hold the space for the students and as well, whatever I'm working on. So for me, this time is I said, um, one, because we learned the kidney breath. So I was going to use the kidney breath every morning at a minute on to the amount of time I'm doing. And then generally, from the kidney breath, go into like a microcosmic orbit. So working with the, the advanced techniques of Reiki breath, I'm doing a Kakaya um, in the mornings. 
looking mm-hmm. at the bubbles. I've been taking pictures and just really honoring the earth, get outside every morning doing that. Whatever comes up in meditation, then I draw the cards as well. Mm-hmm. So I have been putting little blurbs on my Instagram, just like I would, if, if I was better at haikus, I would say, actually, if I just would look up the formula, I could probably do it. But short little things about what my awareness is of the day and which symbols I use. So if you do Reiki too, then you kind of get the idea because I only put the, you know, the, the, the initials, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And the journaling and then even the increased meditation time right now is really important. It just really, really, really is helping me to process everything I'm going through. So many changes, you know, COVID brought not just for me, but for all of us. For all of us. Like, yeah, how do we regroup and how do we move forward? And, you know, lessons and challenges come up, I believe, when we go into it. That's where spiritual growth comes in. And that's what can help to guide us out, you know, in a really good, healthy way. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I bypass it, right? That's a kind of a popular word right now. It doesn't mean I bypass it because I'll tell you, <laughs> I've shed a lot of tears these last couple of weeks, just shedding the tears. And in the shower, you know me, I'm a shower tapper. Yes. In the shower, just tapping away. What am I really feeling? What is really going on here? And just cry it out, you know, mm-hmm, and let it move mm-hmm. through. And yeah, so that's really what it is. I'm back day 11, I think. Mm. I think I miscounted today, but I'm day 11. Yeah. So Sunday will be two weeks. Yeah. So whatever wow. that equals then 13, yeah. Yeah. 12, somewhere like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's in Something my journal. Like and that. I keep a journal. I keep a journal. Mm-hmm. It makes me go back to journaling, you know, cause I will tell you as I segue into the conversation, I say right in the cover of my cute little journey of the empower spirit workbook, it says a tarot reading is like having a therapy session for your spirit. Yes. So I yeah. really believe it. You sit down, you get quiet, you ask the questions, and then you look at the answers, look at the possibilities, look at the images, look at the colors. What does it inspire? Because you may not have ever thought about it that way. And that's that's really how I like to use the cards and kind of where it came from. You know, here we are last winter, COVID, nobody knew what was going on. What are we doing? And I found myself like, I'm enough of the media, like turn this shit off. Like, what am I going to do to help me understand? I started, you know, really noticing I was using the cards. Should mm-hmm. I do this or this? What do the, what, what, show me where this will go. Show me where this will go. So you throw two different piles, you know, and kind of that's what the inspiration was is like, wow, this has been really powerful adding into my tools, adding into the ones I'm already teaching. And the other part of that, Jennifer, is that when I moved back to Birmingham from New York, right in New York, 35 years, came back to Birmingham interfaith minister of spiritual counseling, Reiki master. Nobody knew who I was, what I was. I left a, you know, Southern white Jewish girl. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't tell people I read the tarot. Mm -hmm. Like I never Mm -hmm. told anybody if you came into my studio and you had a session with me, then we would look at the cards. Then of course I'd always ask, but it wasn't something I put like on my menu of services or anything like that. I really kind of kept it quiet because there were so many, you know, just so many judgments around it for lack of a better word. Yes. Well, and that's a big piece of what you, you know, you and I were talking about when we discussed having this interview is um, the judgments around tarot, the, I mean, I know people who are scared of the tarot that they, you know, and especially like the, well, it's funny because they're scared of the death card and the tower card, Uh, not the tower card, the death card and the devil card, but they don't realize that the one card to be really concerned about is the tower. (laughs) Is the tower Um, card, right? Yeah. Tower card. Yeah. But, um, but I just, you know, I definitely, I definitely 
have witnessed a number of people over the years who have a lot of biases against tarot or fears of the tarot or concerns about the tarot. And I can only imagine being in the South where there's, you know, where there's a bit more, I think, conservative orientation towards things. But, you know, so much of what this deck is about is, is dispelling those ideas and, and making it an accessible tool. Yeah, I think so. I really do. I think so. And I was in a car accident last January, was it? Maybe it's two years this January. And I didn't have a near death, right? I didn't, Mm -hmm. but I definitely, you know, went out of my body and came back. When I came back, it's like, oh, I still have work to do. Like who, why, why are you hiding parts of yourself? Like show up, you know, that was that message. And that kind of spurred me to start looking at all parts of me. Like, where am I not turning my light? What am I afraid of? And isn't it time to dispel some of these myths, especially when it comes to spirituality, Mm -hmm. you know, and having the ability to talk about it, taking it outside of the religious context. Now I'm actually starting to bring it back in a little bit and and expand more on spirituality as a universal, which is kind of interesting. Uh, That's a whole nother conversation. Absolutely. But really the yeah. having the ability to have that connection with people that don't necessarily have a religious background, right? People mm-hmm. are searching for spirituality right now is kind of where I was going with that. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and, um, you know, as you were talking about like turning to the tarot as a tool for our own exploration, our own opportunity to ask the questions that we need to ask and you know, to engage with our responses to it, to engage with our feelings about it, to engage with our reaction to it. And, you know, that that's really where this is at. It's like, it's not that there's one specific answer in the book that's that's going to tell you what it is. It's yeah. more about that engagement in that process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, going back to talking about the 21 day processing, I love that you as a teacher understand that not only do your students get to spend 21 days cleansing and integrating and moving through this. And I, I, I had, I mean, my first Reiki one and two class when I was first trained as a Reiki practitioner, boy, howdy, was that first, like, like I, I talk about being shot out of the gate the universe presented opportunities for me to decide, am I going to engage? Like I, I had the choice to either engage with the drama or step away. And it was really interesting because the principles behind Reiki were like brought right up for me. And I had to decide if I was going to embrace the principles or if I was going to stay stuck. And, um, and I got to set some serious boundaries really fast. But I'm what I'm loving about what you're saying, and I completely get like in my experience when we have an elevation, um, you know, and Reiki certainly brings those elevations that when we have, you know, either we have the initiation or the elevation that there is an integration and a process and a purification process that happens. And I love that you as the teacher understand that you go through it too. So that, and I think there are teachers who don't realize that, but that the good Mm -hmm. teachers are the ones who get that like, I'm experienced, I get to go through this as well. If I put my students through it, I'm going to go through it too. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's part of what I do. I mean, like even preparing for the class and making sure, you know, I go through and study again, making sure I've got all the, you know, and I, I do honor that process. And 
I think for me, it gives me an opportunity to grow too. And, you know, yes. right now is a no better time than ever. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. We're always growing. Right. I'm just kind of laughing with myself or at myself, however you want to look at it, but it really did. And I will say, you know, I was one of those with the COVID starting and all. I kind of fell into that COVID-15 and fell into being lax about my things. My, I wasn't at my studio every day. I was at home and, you know, and, and I did kind of slide off a little bit. So it's a good time for me to get back into the things I know, actually, because it was my health. Mm-hmm, I was at the doctor. Mm-hmm. It was like blood pressure, heart, thing, this, asthma. I was like, okay, wait a minute, Tara. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. I know better than this. And so I took some time and and really, really jumped back on my health. So that was really good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many of us got to a point. Well, and especially when we first thought that this was going to be maybe a little bit more temporary than it is, where I think that there were a number of people who kind of had the effort attitude, you know, it's like life is short, I'm going to eat the potato chips. And then as it got to be a little bit more chronic, there was this point where I think we really did have to say, okay, (laughs) you know, yep, the COVID-15 came on, but it's time for it to come back off. And, uh, and just like, you know, what do we want to do? How do we want to take care of ourselves? And which I think is just so incredibly, incredibly important right now, which obviously, you know, working with the Oracle cards, working with your tarot deck is a way to keep like, it seems to me like it's almost like a GPS or a compass that is helping you and helping people who people, you know, any of us to keep turning back to what's the most important thing. So actually, I've got a, you know, I'm curious, like, you know, could you give me an example of sort of maybe a daily routine that you have with the tarot cards? Like, how do you work with them and yourself on a regular basis? Yeah. So I think that, you know, how I was working with them or how I am right now working with them in the ritual is a great way to do it. Now, I don't think you need to look at your tarot cards every single day for 21 days on a regular basis. You know, I like to pull, you know, definitely, well, I do the energy focus live on Sunday night. So I'm always pulling for the week, looking at the focus and ways to get there. Right. I'm always doing that. And I go by those. Right. And then sometimes if I have a situation, like I have two good ideas, like which one show me about this one. And it's not a yes or no. It's like, show me this, show me that. And then that helps me to sit down and kind of look at it in a creative way instead of logical. And then I can go back and figure out the logical. But generally when I do that, the answers are pretty clear. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like flip a coin sometimes too. The minute you flip it, you already know what you want. So sometimes when you throw your cards out and you see the pictures and the images, like you get that knowing, right? You really do. And so I use it like that when needed, Yeah, you know, so it really depends. But I think in terms of setting up a practice, it's like the whole idea is to slow down, is to take some deep breaths ask your question, turn some cards, spend some time with yourself and listen. Sometimes we got to get through all that, you know, you know, all the stuff we have to tap on, like get through all that stuff so that you can hear those messages and not only hear it, but pay attention. Like, know this means something also like that. <laughs> I know that. I know that. Right. We push it away. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Well, and yeah. I love when I was younger and I first started working with tarot and I don't tend to read for myself all that frequently because when I was younger and if I got a reading and I didn't like the cards, I'd go, oh, these cards aren't I didn't shuffle them well enough. I need to throw them back into the pile, which is such an indication of 
like, I mean, that's very telling. That's a reading unto itself. <laughs> like, I'm not ready for what the universe has to offer. What I loved actually about these cards is that there is a simplicity. They're really, they're like jewels, you know, they're so, so colorful. They're so, but they're also elegantly simple and they are you know some of the decks are so complicated and gloppy and these cards are just really precise and i really really loved that about them and it, so it felt to me like it was they deliver a message very clearly and i know for myself if i can overcomplicate anything i'm really appreciating these cards for the fact that they don't overcomplicate stuff and your descriptions really help to not overcomplicate stuff and just really helped me to be like, oh, this is exactly what, you know, I've been, you've been thinking about this stuff and now here it is. This is confirming. This yeah. is the point of what's going on here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, people- I look at the... I look at the deck kind of like, like, you know, the hero's journey, you know, Joseph Campbell yes. talks about the hero's journey. So you start with the fool and you go all the way through the world. And so the deck is kind of made that way. It has a flow to show you where you are in your life and what's coming up and things you didn't see. And I have to give total credit to Laurie Hanna. She was the artist, beautiful artist down here in Birmingham. Beautiful. Just, I loved her work. She was actually one of my clients in the Empowered Spirit program. So she had been through my program, but she has not been, she did not know tarot. So I journeyed with her through that. And I, I showed her some of my favorite decks being the traditional right away, the wild unknown. I love Chris Karen's deck. I love it. You know, and showed her some of the ones I love, but basically she went by her description and then how she draws her art. And so of course the colors and all of that, but they are just beautiful. They're very whimsical. The watercolor is pretty. And, you know, luckily I got the photo background. So I was able to shoot them to the digital format to make them into cards. But mm-hmm. yeah, but, but she did just beautiful. And every once in a while I go, you know, it's needs something. It should just make a little change. You know, it's like, oh my God, there it is, you know? And the fool was one. The fool originally had like pants, like, no, I want to have a skirt. And the minute she did that and made her hair crazy, it was like became my favorite, right? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was a fun collaboration. It really was. And I do love it. I did make some changes to the original deck. Instead of the traditional suits, I may, I use the elements because that's kind of how my work has always been around, especially my jewelry, fire, air, earth, and water, which correspond to the same as the traditional deck. So I made that. And I feel like in some ways that helps you understand more of what the tarot is about when you, when you know, right, earth is earth and, you know, it, it's your work and it's your money, you know, and the water's the flow of the emotions. I think it helps you to not be so intimidated by the languaging of the traditional deck, right? Yes. I yeah. Think, yeah. The whole idea of, you know, <clears throat> wands, cups, swords, and pentacles, those of us who've been trained in it will understand that we're talking about fire, water, air, and earth. Yeah. But um, but I think you're right. I think that it makes it so much more accessible when it is just distilled down to the fire. And, you know, and I love how with the images too, you used, you guys used, um, you know, you used symbols. So it's not just a chalice. It's not just like with air, you know, like just, all of these beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, she used crystals and we used yeah. roses because I actually teach a lot of intuition with roses, you know. Yeah. So that was fun. She used those kind of things. And that was, you know, kind of some decisions we made. The crystals I love too, you know. And so it was a fun way to pull it all together in that respect. And then we also changed the people cards. We changed yes. the people cards. And I will tell you, Jennifer, that I am really... 
like, oh my gosh, the amount of family energy that comes forward, right? Now, granted, I'm also studying, I've been studying with Cindy Dale all year. We do family ancestral energies, 10 chakra stuff. But the people cards that I have are the, the daughter, the son, the mother, and the father. And mm-hmm. that helps us look at those influences in such a different way because the people cards are traditionally the hardest to read, mm-hmm. right? I mean, who knows what a page means anymore in today's society, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a messenger. We know that because that's how we try it. We know the nice means action, right? But really, the average person would not know that. And the people cards are so hard anyway. Yeah. But I yeah. have been fascinated. Like sometimes it's about the actual son in the family or sometimes it's like, yeah, my son's been pushing on all of us or you know, something like that, or it's their influence and how they're doing it, just like their son or whatever the, the reading may be. Yeah. So those are the main changes. You know, those are the main changes. And it does tell a story. It really does. It tells a story of the journey of where you are. And I think, you know, having the language and our understanding of who we are in the physical realm is really important. I think that's one of the myths of the tarot deck is that they kept it a secret language, like only certain people knew what that meant. And so right. it became more secretive, you know, to keep it over there. Right. But now it's like, no, we can have our own languaging. And now more and more, too, as people talk about mindfulness and presence and Reiki and energy, it helps to understand it in those kind of elements that then we really can access it for ourselves. Mm-hmm, I have to give mm-hmm. a shout out to Ritual Shelter here in Birmingham. It's this adorable shop that actually opened during COVID. And wow. It's a witch's shop here in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And every day she has Tower Reader. I do some mm-hmm. reading for her. Yep, every day. And she has witch books and spells. And we've been doing a lot of fun stuff down there. Yeah, right there in the middle of Homewood. So yeah, it is opening and people are standing forward and really starting to honor how we can bring this in, what I call everyday life, right? Like bring it in. We don't have to save it for the closet or say, you know. Right, right. Well, and you were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, some of these realizations um, that that sort of the gift of COVID and and just these last couple years of just really looking at, at well in the uh, car accident and having sort of a pseudo near death experience of really being like where am I hiding myself where am I I have a mentor who um, talks about you know just kind of like we're the special occasion instead of saving like the really fancy perfume for the you know the one special event or you know never wearing like i have this really groovy like crazy beautiful like valentiney red fairy coat that's like one of those like crazy sweater coats and i wear it like I've worn it like only on special occasions and it's like why not wear it every day and I think that that's that's the kind of the thing that I was hearing you talk about is like how do we bring our light out into the everyday experience instead of like either saving it for special occasions or hiding it because we're afraid of you know, being judged or criticized or persecuted if you've got any past life witch wound memories going on um, which I think a lot yeah. of women do. I mean, yes. I think a lot of this whole the Me Too, the women, feminine rising and all that. I think a lot of us are remembering. I mean, I do Akashic readings and I can't tell you how many times I see that imprint, uh, you know, along well, and- with others. But even just that over and over and over in the different family generations and stuff. Yeah. Right. Well, and yeah. the thing is, like, you know, we've got our car. Some of us have karmic memories like we remember it. But then the other thing is anybody with any kind of European ancestry Either you have a female in your line, in your ancestral line, who was 
persecuted, or you have women who lived in it, you have ancestors who lived in a village where they saw other women go through it, because it was so widespread and devastating that it's kind of like, this is an ancestral trauma that every single one of us with European ancestry has in our DNA, like, you don't get away from it. And I do think it really does affect our ability to just be like, I am just going to shine. Yeah. Yeah. It does. You know, you know, one of the things we studied in my class this year, amazing apprentice work with Cindy Dale, just amazing how she teaches energy. But anyway, we talk about when we incarnate, we talk about the soul, we talk about when we come in, we start to make those contracts and then, you know, coming in and, and, and what we take on and all that fan, family ancestral energy. And as we go through the cell division, coming through the womb, it's like we take on and most of it's through the mother's imprint, you know, but oh my gosh, it's just so amazing. And the thing is, when we come through that layer, a lot of our past is erased. Like we don't remember everything, but sometimes not all of it. Right. So, right. right. That's why we remember a little bit here and remember there, or we only remember the wounds. We forget how powerful we were, you know, that kind right. of thing. So to me, it's fascinating. It is it's so fascinating, fascinating to yeah work in that kind of energy. And so as we bring modern tools out, they're not even modern as we make them more for the time and make them more accessible. Let's say that yeah, we adapt the tools to meet our needs yeah. now. Yeah. 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 So that's definitely part of it. And I think that, you know, taking the time to learn the deck. I mean, I love oracles. In fact, I have so many. I love, I love Colette Baron reads. I love Rebecca Candle Campbell's. I love hers. I love the oracles. Of course, now I'm a little fixated on <laughs> really getting to know these, right? Right. I read my own mm-hmm, deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think they're all good. And even if you just have an oracle deck, you know, it's not just have, even having an oracle deck and asking the same questions you can do the same kind of thing. Be quiet, take a breath, even maybe do meditation, maybe do yoga, like after the practice, when you've worked all that angst out and sit with yourself and draw a few cards and, you know, and just ask the questions though. Sometimes just, oh, let me just draw a card. You're not really addressing anything, you know, and it can be like, what's my next step or what's blocking me, which is a little bit more helpful in information. If you just pick up a card and go, oh, what does that mean? That's why sometimes you don't know if the deck's any good or not. You know, you don't know because you really yourself, you don't know what you're asking. Right. You're not being, and well, and you know, it's funny because um, I just finished helping, assisting with a, a level one and two EFT training for my mentor. And, you know, one of the messages that would just continuously gets driven home again and again and again is how we get more headway and we get more, we accomplish a lot more by being specific than we do by just kind of being vague or general. And I'm really hearing with the tarot, you know, it's like that meta, you know, cause I think a lot of people do the thing of like, you pull one card a day, just kind of like, what's my card of the day, but not necessarily asking any questions. And I love how you're drawing out. Like if you ask a specific question, you're going to get a lot more benefit than if you just kind of generally just kind of be like, okay, what is the universe going to ask for? It's almost like, you know, going to a five-star restaurant and just kind of, I mean, certainly there are times where it's like leaving it up to the, to the chef and you get surprised with amazing things. But then there's other times where it's like, if you don't, if you just go to a grocery store, like, it's like, you need to put in the order. And I think that, you know, you're, you're asking like, the question allows the universe to to refine the answer and get more specific and give you what you need. That's how I like to work with it. I never yeah. thought it was a predictive 
modality, you know, it is more about, as you call it in the beginning, divination, looking at those answers, looking at yourself, having ways. I also say it's a great tool for intuition because yes. it helps you recognize signs and symbols and expand that part of your brain. So I, I, I say that all the time. Yeah. And that's like the part, like in my private mentoring, we, I work with the cards and by the end, they're now working with the cards and it gives them something to continue on with that will help them to continue the skills. So I think it's yeah. a great tool for that. I really do. Yeah. And well, and, go on. I'd say and not just my deck, but all decks is I just gonna say, you know, like I think finding one that resonates with you is what's really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Finding one that resonates with you is like so incredibly important. And I mean, I've gone through, I also went through phases. Like I went through when I was much younger, I was a deck junkie and I collected a lot of them, but there are a lot of decks that I really outgrew. Like they just, they don't fit my personality. Yeah. I actually like simpler decks way more now. Whereas when I was younger, I liked the really, really pretty, like gloppy Art Nouveau decks that were just like covered with imagery. And now I'm much more aligned with something simpler and elegant and just more precise. So, yeah. you know, finding it just because you loved it at one point in your life doesn't necessarily mean you have to love it for your entire life either yeah yeah, yeah. so you say that the deck that got me back into tarot because like others i had one of those death card stories put the tarot down didn't know what i was doing years later actually on my 40th birthday some friends of mine gave me the round mother peace cards oh yeah those are just beautiful and gentle and They're nature so sweet they are and that actually guided me back and i read for those for a long time and then i started reading the right away again but yeah sometimes it happens and especially i think that's with oracles too like sometimes the message is simpler and then you're looking for something else but that's one of the reasons i like the tarot like i don't think you can ever get bored of the tarot really i agree right yeah even yeah. if it's a say and i really only read from the right away for years and then the wild mm -hmm. unknown came around yeah. And I would dabble. I will say I do like um I do like Colette Baron Reed's The Good Tarot. I do like that. Mm -hmm. The artwork is exquisite, like all of her artwork. I do like that one. Yeah. So yeah, I think that that's part of it too. And you know what? One of the myths about the tarot cards is someone has to gift you the cards. And I say oh. that's not true. Yeah. You can choose one that yourself. you resonate. Yeah, gift it to yourself. Gift it but that to was yourself. one of the things. Yeah. 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 Somebody did gift it to you. It was you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I that that I never bought that. You know, I just never, ever, ever bought that. That just never felt right to me. And so I've I, you know, which I'm really grateful for because I've had some great relationships with decks that I yeah. purchased myself with no no issue. You know, you yeah. talked about you talked about the idea of intuition and using tarot for intuition versus prediction and i you know i think that there there's a real that's an interesting distinction because i think that there are people who imagine that intuition allows for prediction and i mean i certainly think that in a lot of ways like the whole idea of fortune telling or prediction has a lot to do with what your belief system is about choice and about like the, the perm, you know, the malleability or mal the malleability, the flexibility of the, of, of the universe and, and of, of the future. But um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about like, why is intuition different than prediction? Well, intuition, I believe is something that you can train. Right. Mm -hmm. We all have gut instinct, but do we believe it? 
So learning to believe the gut instinct, learning to believe that hit of information on a, for no reason at all, it comes in like, yes, I just know, or I see it, or I feel it using all the clairs. That's how you train your intuition, right? So for me, it's not about, okay, I'm going to predict in the future. There are mediums that do that. And that's another yeah. level of training, right? Yeah. It's like sometimes people refuse to learn about their intuition because they're afraid they'll see dead people. Well, that's a mediumship too. You want to see dead yes. people go train for that. Just because you're intuitive doesn't mean you're going to see that. And if you are seeing it, you need to train it, <laughs> right. right? Right. You don't need to be an open vessel for that kind right. of energy if you're not yet. So that's kind of where I feel like that. And there used to be, and I've had my own readings, you know, in the early days up in New York City, you know, it's like where people try to predict stuff. I see this happening, this happening, and this happening. You can fall and believe it or not, but I truly believe we have our own energy and our own power, right? And it's all in the quantum field. We just don't see it. Like every mm -hmm. possibility is in the quantum field. What do you want? Yeah. You know, wow, I'm getting all passionate about it. What do you want? What is what your feeling? What do you want? Like, yeah, yeah. What do you want to create? What's in your way? And you know what? You, you go through this stuff, but that's the beauty of it. It's like those, the more you go through it, the quicker it moves. You don't have to stay in your own feelings of hurt or pain. It's like, okay, I experienced that. Okay. You know, maybe then that lesson, oh, but I want to feel this way. Right. And you start putting that energy out into the universe. Everything's in the quantum field. So if someone's going to tell you, let me read your cards and predict what's going to happen. I'd run the other way, quite frankly. Absolutely. Yeah. That's not but, how I work. Yeah, no. I want to have the conversation. Even when I do my Akashic Records, like I bring you into that higher dimension. We sit there. Can you feel this? Do you have a, yes, I felt that before. You know, we have a conversation. Where is this hitting you in the body, right? It's all connected. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I feel like, you know, let's use your intuition. What do you see in the cards? What does that mean to you? Like, how are what you interpreting you? this? Yeah, because even I'll even say when I teach, like, don't take my word. Like you use it. If you have a intuition hit about a card that comes up, like go there first, mm -hmm, right? Like mm -hmm. use your intuition. And the other thing too, is like, just take a time and look at it for a moment. Like, just look at it. How does it feel? It's like, Ooh, or is it Ooh? And then go to the book. Like even when you're first learning, because color, as we all know, art is very important for the brain. You know, art is just so important. I mean, look how beautiful she is. The star card, the oh, the butterfly on her beautiful. chest, the star yes. above, above her. Yeah. yeah. So it just like, how does that make you feel? Like most of us have had some kind of relationship with butterflies. We know what that means. How does this infect you? You know, how does this come in with the question you're asking? You know, and a lot of people do. When I read at the little shop in Homewood, there are a lot of newbies that come in, the little things out there that are strolling around on a Saturday morning. It's a cute little village, right? Cute little town and a city. I don't know what they call it here. <laughs> in New York, it'd be a village, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, but you know, they think, oh, I'm supposed to tell you my questions. Like, yeah, the more we talk right. about, the more we're going to get to what it is underneath the surface, because that's really what we want to get to. Right. Right. Most of the time we're caught in our head. We're having some kind of argument with our heart. We can't get there. We don't even know if we're holding on to our energy or our neighbor, you know, who knows? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do sometimes have to tell. And I'll sometimes hear people, you know, I'll be sitting there and they'll say, oh, Terry's here reading, you know, and, and people go, oh no, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. So, you know, it is kind of sometimes looking at life in a more creative aspect and really yeah. being able to open up and expand the comfort zone that you're in, you know, well, it's not hurting anybody. Well, and you know, the thing that I really am hearing in all of this is that, and, and I mean, the name of your deck is perfect. It's the empowered spirit tarot. And it's sort of the difference between power over 
and feeling like a victim of the universe as opposed to being empowered to make your own choices. And I, you know, how you teach, how you support, how you read is a collaboration. It's about consent. It's about choice. It's about supporting somebody in finding their truth. And I think back to some stories like Back when I used to read, you know, I just remember like at one point somebody coming to me and asking me, like, how many children am I going to have? And I just looked at her. I'm like, how many children do you want to have? Like, seriously, birth control and you have a lot more to do with what's going to happen than me as this random psychic that you're coming to for like one reading. And another story that I has always broken my heart. And this was that was I was engaged. I was I, I was in a relationship with somebody many years ago and his sister went to see his psychic. She was single at the time. She went to see this psychic and the psychic told her that she was going to find and meet her, her beloved, her husband to be within two years, that it was going to happen in two years. She was going to find this person and it was going to happen. And basically, I don't remember if she never found anybody or if she found somebody and it didn't work out, but she interpreted this psychic's prediction as the God, like, as like, as like, like the word of God and decided that because this partner, the husband never showed up in that two year period, she was destined to spend the rest of her life as a single woman and was doomed. And even though I had been working as, I mean, I was working as a psychic, I made my living reading cards at that point in time, even though I was the alternative saying that's bullshit, she was so, had given so much power to this reader who was in that, like, you know, as, as an old tarot colleague used to, uh, of mine, her name is Thalassa, used to say, it's like, ah, oh, you're going to meet a tall, dark cesspool and fall in, you know? And it's like <laughs> that kind of approach to working with tarot, I think is so disempowering. And you, I mean, you've got it coded right in the name. This is the empowered spirit tarot. Mm. This is about us finding our truth not some, not some guru or, you know, like, like magical psychic who has all the answers coming along. Yeah. We talk about that with the Hereford card for sure. Yeah. And I do because part of my program is using EFT. So it's like, Hey man, you know, you want to stay up all night? We're in, you know, let's do some tapping. You know, that's not the language I used in the deck there, but that was the essence. And, Mm -hmm. and I do include a a little blurb about it at the back of the workbook part, you know, the, the different techniques that I do mention in some of the cards. So I think that's part of it. And like you said, being empowered for your life, not being a victim to it. No. And, and, Right now, people staying in comfort zones because we don't know what's going on. I'm seeing it more and more and afraid to get out and afraid to, you know, and we, we don't know what's going on. And so it, it can be hard to make some of those choices. But you know what? We start little by little and we start opening the awareness of our own consciousness a little bit more and getting a little quieter. And I think that's part of it. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like Mel Robbins that teaches, you know, the five second pause, you know, like just. Go for the silence, you know, See yes. What? So Terry, um, one question I really want to ask you is, what is your favorite spread? I know this is something that a lot of people who work with Oracle decks like really love to hear. And like, what is your favorite spread? And maybe you can share it with us so that we can do it too. Yeah, it is one that comes in the little booklet that you get with the cards. And it is the clarity spread. 
-hmm. It's actually four cards. And I really love it because the first card you turn over is really where to focus whatever question, right? You still ask your question. Mm -hmm. That's where the focus is. And then the other three cards come in to give you ways in which to go about that. So you can really read those other three cards in any order, or you can read it like a progression, but really don't get caught in that. But it's like, you know, look at the whole picture, look at what that focus is, and then the three ways that can inspire the action. And so it gives Mm -hmm. you enough information, I think, you know, to go forward. Now, you can always add more cards. Well, show me more about this card. I didn't get it. So you can always add more cards. But I like to have that focus, like focusing, which means, yes, a question. Sometimes it could be, what's the next step forward? in my work? What's the next thing to remove? You know, like what's the next block or what's blocking me from finding somebody, meeting somebody, something like that. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I think that it gives you a little bit. Now, if you have a little more time and especially as a reader, like when people come in, I don't really know them yet. And, you know, you want to get an overall picture and they have enough time, then I would do the more traditional uh, spread, this, the mm-hmm, Celtic mm-hmm. spread, mm-hmm. right? Because that gives me a picture of them, what's around them, and then also their everyday world a little bit too. So I do like that spread, but that one takes time. You can't do something like that in like two minutes. Yeah. No, definitely. No. Well, and, and, um, so actually with the four cards, do you, um, do you lay them out in a particular way? Do you like put like the focus card on the bottom and then have three on top? Do you do it as like a cross? Like, how do you do, you do it as a, just one, one, two, three, four? Like, how do you lay it out? Is there a particular, like, yeah, I actually pattern? draw one card, turn it down first. That's the focus. Yeah. And actually, this is the readings I do on my energy focus on Sunday nights. You can always catch Mm -hmm. me on Sunday nights, but this is the one I do. So that first card sits on its own. And then beneath it, I turn over three cards. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it makes this, so it's basically um, an up, a, a, a fire triangle. It's, you know, yeah, it is actually, it is. The first one is the focus and the three, four and the basis. And then you read it from there. Nice. Yeah, that's the one I really like because it gives you a little bit more information than some people do the three card reading, but you always have to put parameters on that past, present, future, beginning of the week, middle of the week, end of the week, this year, last year, whatever. So you always have to put parameters on that. I actually like this as the clarity spread is what I call it. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you have that question, give me clarity about this decision. Should, you know, give me clarity about working with this company or give me clarity about this company. You know, and then Mm -hmm. you get to see what comes forward. And then that's when you go, well, how does this relate? I believe in storytelling, right? I think the tarot is one of the greatest, you know, storytellers there are, right? But I definitely believe in telling a story. So weave Mm -hmm. your cards in. What is the thread? What is the story? What is this about? Where are the lessons? What's going on? So I definitely like to read and weave in that story. I've had to learn to slow down. I'm a fast reader. So it's like, okay, let me read it fast because that's how I get it. And then let me go back through it and weave it all together. Right. Yeah. It comes in. I see it and like, okay, I'm done. But like, wait a minute, let's slow down. Let's process this with them. And so that's what I do. And then I also like to, if I'm reading for somebody, if you're a tower reader listening, it's also like, okay, give them an opportunity to say what they see. Right. Because mm-hmm. maybe they see something that, you know, that's really applicative and you see like, OK, so this is where this is showing. This is confirming what we just said. This is that. So I think that just helps. And again, I think it's like, you know, a storytelling, a conversation. What's going on deep inside of there with all that muck? Let's bring it forward. And I am a spiritual counselor, Jennifer. I am. A lot of my work is spiritual counseling, but that's how we get to some of what we do. 
Let's bring it up. Let's talk about it. What is that feeling? How's it making you feel? Where's your spirit, right? And that's what we want to do, which is going to create a health and a wellness for, for yourself. Yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. Well, and the, the thing I keep hearing in everything we're talking about is just sort of that, that using the tarot, using, creating the intention to get more clear with ourselves, to recognize what's coming up for ourselves, to look at what's coming up for ourselves. And just, you know, going back to this idea of how do we empower ourselves to make the choices about our life and to live the life that we want to live as opposed to kind of that old school approach to tarot, where it's all about what will happen to us. You know, it's, you know, the difference between, in, you know, choice centered intuition and death, you know, sort of fate oriented, you know, prediction. And, and what an incredible difference in, yeah. in how we approach it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as we learn to trust our intuition, you know, a funny story about this whole thing, and this is from training and working with my students and training my own intuition. When Lori and I decided we were going to do this, I said, let me go find a journal. I'm going to get a journal, right? I'm going to write down everything. So I went look and I'm like, I'm sure I got a journal somewhere I never quite used. And I found this red journal. It had imprinted roses on it and the spine had all the color of the rainbows. Like, okay, this is perfect. All right. So then there was only like three or four pages written on it. I opened it up the day to start it and I started reading what I had written. It had come from a Reiki circle. I was helping one of my students facilitate. And it was a Reiki and writing workshop, a circle. And I had written in the book, the exact opening to this deck of cards. Wow. Yeah. As she stepped out of the shower, cause I'd written the shower tapper book. And it was almost like I was continuing on the journey and it was like, oh my gosh, like here, here we go. So it is a journey and following those signs and using your intuition. It made no sense that I chose that. It was a pretty red journal. There were four others, you know, but I went right there. The vibration of the energy guided me right there, sat down and I didn't just tear it out and throw it away. I stopped and read is like, oh my gosh. Right. And then use that as that inspiration. That's part of training our intuition. And that's for our everyday life. That's not just Mm -hmm. to go out there Mm -hmm. and predict stuff about everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the other thing, when things like that happen, I mean, this is my belief and it's kind of what I do in my counseling. It's like when you feel those moments, it gives like depth to your path. It's not we're just getting up, running around, going to work, coming home, getting up, running around, coming. You know, it's like it gives Mm -hmm. you a moment Mm -hmm. that feels so good. And so you start to feel it in a more depth. And I think right now those moments are really, really needed. Yeah. To trust what you are and who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. Well, and I love how one of the things, you you know, that this, this takeaway that I'm getting from this conversation is just how intuition is trained. Intuition is something that we can develop. And I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I'm a strong believer in empathy, you know, our empathic abilities can be trained, we can hone these things, that we don't just have to be at the mercy of it. But I was actually I, you know, and that when, as we choose to train it, we choose to trust ourselves, we can trust our intuition, we can trust our gut. I actually have this kind of wild thought. I don't know if you're a Myers-Briggs fan, you know, I find it, which interestingly, there are 16 personality types. And there are some people who've actually correlated the Myers-Briggs personality types to the court cards. So, um, you know, and you can align them with that. But I was thinking about the, 
the last piece, because there's the P versus the J, the perceiver versus the judger, and how a lot of times if you are a J, which, hello, I am definitely a J, it's like we can make very snap decisions. We can kind of trust our gut and know what and know something and just be like, I'm going to judge that very quickly and do this thing. Whereas the P's have a tendency to be much more like, watching for the signs, waiting for information. And a lot of times we'll sort of be, you know, for lack of a better word, indecisive. And I was just thinking as you were talking, I'm like, how much of this PJ axis has to do with our ability to trust our intuition? And that as we train and hone our intuition, and we get that, you know, and you being like rapid fire where information comes through so quickly for you. But it's like that, you've learned to trust your intuition, you trust your gut, you trust your guidance. And I'm sure as a result, you can make decisions like way more quickly than if before your intuition was trained. Well, definitely that. And I think some of those things come through the flow of energy. Yeah. Right. Sometimes when I'm faced with a decision, I have to go in and say, okay, they both feel good. Which one is going to work which way? You know, so I still have to do that. It's like every single thing comes, but it's those hits along the way that keep guiding you to where those things come from. That's where the intuition comes in. Like, why did I go that way? Like I was just, you know, and it's like, you know, you're asking part of this and signs come in. And that's the other thing with the cards. It's like, look for some of the signs that show up on the cards, look around you, look in the environment. That's yes. part of it too. So that you can feel like, oh, wow, this, okay, here it is. What is it? You know, it makes you understand. That's where you're in the energetic plane, which I also do. Love the energy fields, love the quantum fields. I mentioned I've been studying with Cindy Dale. What an amazing teacher, a great mm. author. Working in virtual light and scalar light and streams of grace and applying that to all already what I know. And she works in a 12 chakra system, which I love her system. Yeah. And so it's like, that's part of it too. When we work in the quantum field, people talk about manifesting. How do you manifest? You know, all of that, by the way, I had a great conversation with Chris. She was on your show. Great conversation about yes. manifesting. Yes. That was a great show yes. that you did with her. Yeah, absolutely. But it's all out there in the field. So when we're more in tune with that inner part and can start to trust it, that's how it grows. And I will say, I mean, Jennifer, you wrote the Bible on empathic energy. Love your work. Use it all the time. Refer to all my students for it. But Thank first you, you so have much. to start there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's on my reading list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, first you have to start there. Right. You have to start with just recognizing before you can go anywhere else, yeah. before you can go anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you had mentioned you wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, when we were when we, we took a little bit of a break, guys, because <laughs> the Internet <laughs> got in our way. Um, but you had mentioned that you wanted to talk about just really acknowledging the distinction between and the differences between the major arcana and the minor arcana, which definitely is something that is unique to tarot as opposed to just a regular generic oracle deck so yeah. Talk yeah, the about way, that. yeah the way i like to see it and sometimes in my deck i will i will separate and only use the major arcana for where i am or what i'm asking lots of times like recently at a fire circle it's like all right because the major shows you the major things in your life like when a major arcana show, shows up in your reading it's like pay attention and if you look at the way in which I show you this, it's through the archetypal energy. It's through that journey. The fool starts us on our journey, right? It's like the chariot shows you, you now you can go on your path, right? I mean, the hangman is surrendered.
surrender a little bit now. You've learned a lot. So there's a journey that you go through. So sometimes when we work with just the major arcana, you can say, okay, where, where am I on this journey? Like I had gotten a little confused lately. It will help you look at that in terms of the journey of the tarot. Are you at the beginning? Are you at the middle? Are you at the end? Are you starting mm-hmm. over? Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we need a little bit bigger perspective in that kind of sense, right? Whereas the minor gives you more of your day to day. Yes. Right. And then yes. working with the element, it's like when you start to notice, boy, there sure are a lot of those air cards around. The air cards is the mind. Like, where are you telling yourself? Where's your mindset? What is the mental part going on? So it tells you a little bit more of the day to day how to get through it. Whereas the major is like, OK, this is coming up. This is going to be, you know, you need to put some attention here yes. or not. Yes. And then you go later on. Why did I pay attention? Oh, man. Right. And that sometimes happens. But that's right. how you learn, right. too. Yeah. Well, and sometimes it's like there's our will, you know, it's like the universe is giving us signs over and over again. And we still are just like, la, 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 I can't hear you, you know, and we just don't want to acknowledge what what the message we're getting. And, you know, something you were saying earlier about just signs and intuition, I think so often we don't necessarily realize what signs we were getting. And even like the guidance that we're getting about something until later when we go, oh, that's why I had to do the blah, blah, blah thing, you know, and I, and it's just interesting. I've had conversations with a couple of people who got a lot of guidance to make changes prior to COVID, which in hindsight prepared them to be much more ready and able to handle what has happened um, in a way that if they had stayed, like I have a friend, we went for a walk the other day and they had gotten guidance to some, to basically, uh, let go of their yoga studio. I would say probably seven months prior to Mm. the lockdown. And Mm. it was like, and, and it was like just the divine timing of that, but it was certainly, it, it was hard and, and painful and a struggle when it happened. But in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, the universe was giving me these signs and preparing me and, and got me where I needed to go. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's where the training comes in. That's where like, that's how you learn to trust, to train. There's a difference between a hell yes, a difference between a hell no. And this is what Mm -hmm. you want. And we're all different. So we all have different ways of processing it. But I do think working with the tarot and the other, you know, learning what your Claire is, learning, like we said, the empath energy, how you show up, what's your energy, what's not. I was just doing a class on that the other day to a hair salon because you know what? Forecasts, love them because they have people who sit in their chair who's like dumping all their energy and they're like having to live through and taking it in and not aware. So, yeah, we had a great class and she well, did. And she hair- me back like we're already applying what you told us. Yeah. Hair traps so much information. You know, it's like our hair is one of the places where all of our crap kind of, I mean, you think about it, it's extending out of our brain, you know, the mind where all the thoughts are going on and the hair sort of sends it out there. And um, yeah, being a hairdresser and and somebody literally with their hands in somebody's, on somebody's head, in somebody's hair all the time. I mean, if you don't, and, and it seems to me like there's certain professions where I think, people tend to be more sensitive. And I think, you know, at least in my experience, most of the hairdressers I've known are sensitive, magical people. Like there's something very powerful about hair. Yeah. And they're creative. Yeah. Yeah, Hair is your spiritual energy, like you said, but yeah, and they are creative. So yeah, I think we all need to know about that. But I do find working with a tarot can show you that. And even the numbers, it'll teach you about numerology. I mean, we all love 1111, but let's like, what do the numbers mean? You know, you have that zero, that 
full potential yet, you know, and then the ones, the initial energy and the two, the C, the three, right? And so you can even use the numbers to help you understand. Okay, I get it, right? I am going through some struggle. Fives are coming up, right? Okay, let me see where I can balance because guess what? Six is next harmony, right? So we're going to move through the cycles of life as we move through our day, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Terry, this has been such a wonderful conversation. And yes. I I mean, you and I could talk for hours and hours and hours. We have Double, yes. for hours and yes. hours and hours. <laughs> but I was hoping that before we jump off, that you would be willing to do an energy reading for us. And basically sort of the with the I my thought is the intention is for all of the listeners, wherever they're at, whenever they're listening to this, that what that this is a reading that will give us the information that we need as we listening. Okay. So just everyone, if you're listening and Jennifer, go ahead and close your eyes if you'd like. If you're driving, don't, of course. And just take a nice deep inhale. And exhale. And I teach you this and when you get the deck, I teach you this as well. And just begin to call in your spirit. Present your own spirit. Feel that coming in for you. Notice what you notice. Presencing mine. And connecting to the greater spirit, source, creator, God, universe, however you look at that. Connect, connecting right into the heart. Feel that connection. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved. And then just open the awareness of the energy all around you as we call in the spiritual helpers, the masters, the teachers, the crystal beings, calling in your spirit guides, just to surround us and protect us and create this beautiful energy that we open up to for this message. Taking a nice deep inhale and exhale. Do a clarity reading. Went and cut the deck. I like to charge the cards, a little Reiki energy, all for the highest good. Lay out the cards. So the first card that comes up is a major. It is the emperor. Mm. So the thing about the emperor, yes, it's a masculine energy, but the thing and the way I like to look at in this deck is like, this is a card about recognizing the lessons like, what have you learned along the way? Because you'll see in the card that it hasn't been easy. There's wounds, there's armor. But he's sitting in his chair and he's really got this beautiful, like, antler energy, knowledge coming out. And that's because of some of the hardships in his life. So I do feel that this card is about, you know, kind of owning the wisdom and the lessons of all the energy we've been through lately. There is some hardship still around us, but owning it for your lessons, not for the victim of it. But just like the card is showing, like sitting in that energy, it's yellow, a lot of yellow, a lot of personal power, but it's also got the greens around them, the hard energy. So for you, it's just like, okay, for me too. It's like, what are the struggles? What got you to where you're sitting here? What is the wisdom that you've taken from each of those experiences? There's got to be wisdom somewhere, right? Like look at it in the whole picture. And so the clarity comes in from looking at the other three cards. The first one is the six of air. All right. So in order to help you sit there and own your work and do what you're doing, the six of air brings in the energy of the mind. 
And it shows that it's moving away from so much struggle. But there's also somebody in the boat, too. So sometimes this can indicate like talking it out, being of the mind, the air quality, get it out of your own head, get a little help. Right. And anytime the air card comes up, it is a good chance to really like figure out where am I in our head. But the harmony of six helps you to like get some help and go away from some of the struggles, some of the hardship. So, again, you can sit in the energy of the power of that lesson that's coming forward for you at this time. We also have the son of air. So this is an influence. So this is an influence that comes in to say, like, look at the whole picture. Look at both sides. There's always duality to every situation. Right. So look at what it is that this has to tell you. And again, it's of the air. All right. So it's like trying to say, like, let's stand stronger in the mindset under this influence of being curious and looking at both sides. And like the energy of a, of a sun, you know, like how that it has that energy to want to let me go here. Let me go there. But there is that balance for that. And then we have the seven of water, which is representing our emotional energy. And so as we're moving through all these changes and as these time is shifting, we can feel overwhelmed in our emotions. We can feel that there's just so much going on that it becomes hard to really even know where to focus, especially emotionally. But this card just helps you to like shine light. Seven is your spirituality. Go deeper into your soul. If you saw the card, you see like there is light shining on one particular little area there, one of the hearts there. And it's like, okay, maybe, maybe you can open up to something just a little deeper within yourself to help those emotions move, to help the processing, the hurt, the wounds and the trauma so that the lessons can come forward so that you can sit tall and where you are right now in your path and not be afraid to make the changes that you need to make it and make it from a very strong part. Get the help if you need to clear out the mind, do some tapping, find a practitioner, find Jen to help you as well. Mm -hmm. Look at all sides as an influence to understand the bigger pictures. Awesome. And then, yeah. And then, there you go. And then just, you know, come out of the fear open up to your spirit through all that emotion. You'll learn a lot. If you process those emotions, let them move. Nothing is ever final. No emotion is ever final. And you'll see where that light is shining stronger. Mm. Mm. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Interesting how much air, you know, and sort of that masculine energy in this particular reading with this, with the emperor and the son of air and then, you know, having, I love, I love sort of the gentleness of the six of air in the yeah. sense of, and, and that incredibly important message or reminder of ask for help, yeah. that it's okay to ask for help yeah. and, and to sit with that, you know, just give ourselves permission to be present with our feelings and to let the emotions process and let emotions flow oh yeah. terry as always such Thank a pleasure you. i am so excited for the world to have your deck i am so excited for the world to be able to use this powerful tool that really just allows us to see things within ourselves more clearly so really important question here is how can people find you and your deck you can find the deck on my website. I have a little shop on there with the deck and the workbook and all that. I do little custom medicine bags if you want one of those. Great holiday gift. Um, TerryAnnHyman.com. 
then mostly current stuff and just to follow along join me on sunday nights i pull cards you can get a card it's through instagram and yes. that's at terry ann hyman saying yeah yes. but that's where you find it and the cards are there because i produced um here in the states they're really not on amazon but my book is but you'll find all that on my on my website there yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. excellent so terryannhyman.com and you guys can yeah. find the links for that in the show notes so if you jump over to empathicmasteryshow.com, if you're listening to this, uh, you can just jump right there or you can go directly to Terry Ann Hyman. And that is H-E-I-M-A-N, I do believe, dot com, T-E-R-R-I-A-N-N-E. -N -N E, correct? Or am I? No, just no yeah, e? T E R I A N N. A N N. Okay. So don't add an E, you guys. Yeah, don't I? <laughs> don't add an E. So T E R R I A N N H E I M A N dot com. Yeah, so definitely. that you can go grab one of these beautiful decks for yourself. And also Confessions of a Shower Tapper, wonderful book that Terry wrote on tapping. Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. a little biased because. I think tapping is the bees and knees. Yeah, um, there you and go. that's something you can get. And then also, as Terry was hinting about this, she teaches other people how to access their intuition and how to work with this stuff. So, you know, Terry is a powerhouse with a lot of amazing resources. And her podcast is really good. And she has a lot of remarkable interviews. So you can check out the Empowered Spirit show as well. So all kinds of wonderful stuff. So yeah, Terry, definitely. thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you mm -hmm. for being here. This has just been wonderful. And I hope a whole bunch of people hear this show in time for Christmas gifts or Yule gifts or Hanukkah gifts or Kwanzaa gifts or whatever other holidays or Festivus gifts. <laughs> you know, if they're a, a Seinfeld fan and that, you know, they can get copies of this deck to for themselves gift it to yourself it's totally fine to be the person who who gives the gift to yourself or give it to some you know give it to loved ones it's a wonderful gift yeah thank you so much i appreciate being here i love talking to you i learned oh. so much just chatting and love it and yeah. thank you i appreciate your support and helping me to get this out into the world very important. my thank you. pleasure thank you yeah. so much for being here with me terry yeah, yeah. your spirit as we come to the end of this episode, I'd love to hear what you're taking from this show. Please jump over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com to leave your comments. In the show notes, you'll find a link to grab your copy of My Empathic Safety Guide, Three Basics for Finding Calm in the Eye of the Storm. And while you're there, please subscribe and follow this show. And thank you for your help sharing this show with the people who need it. Please help me to spread the word and send this podcast to friends or family members who need support living as highly sensitive empathic people. Then join me again when the next Empathic Mastery Show airs. Okay, one last time. Hop over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com for your empathic safety guide. And until next show, shine on. We need you and your gifts here on this planet. So please don't judge your empathic rainbow by colorblind standards.